nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Uh, we're doing a special edition because there is a huge match, a cross-divisional match uh, between San Antonio F uh, FC and the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. It'll be the first meeting. Um, as you can see, Rafa and Royce are joining me as usual, um, but also joining us is Kevin, uh, who covers the Pittsburgh Riverhounds from Mongols, which is also part of the beautiful game network that you can uh, catch mo a lot of podcasts from USL MLS, and they also air on Monday nights at around 6.30 Central Time, 7.30 Eastern. Is that correct on YouTube? Yeah, that's right. So I think I got the right intro in there. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, Sorry we're going to probably tag team you a little bit to learn about the Riverhounds, and then if you have any questions. Uh, uh, I'm the opinion guy. Royce and Rafa are more the tactical and the analytics guy, so... Uh, I'm sure between the three of us, we can answer your questions here for you. So, Royce, Rafa, how are you guys doing? I'm here, man. It's Friday, uh, three-day weekend. Labor Day is Monday. I should have taken today off, so I would have had a cheap four-day weekend, but what are you going to do? Three-day weekend's fine. Rafa, how are you? Good. I finally did my first uh, <laughs> presentation out of school. <laughs> oh, in, in, in school? Yeah, they're at Judson Early College, so shout out to them. And then did my little little visit to some of the other schools, and then had lunch at Burger Teca. Had the little mole burger. yeah, the mole burger. It's pretty good. Was it better or worse than Burger Teca at Toyota Field? Uh, I haven't had it the ones at at the Toyota Field. Okay, okay. I'm sure it's probably better at the restaurant there. Yeah, it's uh, it's okay in a pinch, but it it, it it's not great. Anyway. So was there any difference between, you know, what, two years ago when you did in person and now? Uh, I know, I know the kids were excited. They were like, because I guess they're all, they were the somebody actually, somebody like, else. Wow, they're like, like, finally we get to see a college recruiter in front of our face. Uh, Kevin, how are you? I know you guys had a good show on Monday. Uh, anything exciting uh, that's happening there in? Pittsburgh slash Knoxville? No, not not much. Yeah, you, you hit it right in, in Knoxville. Um, finally cooled down after the Ida weather came through. So uh, unlike San Antonio, which I checked the weather because I saw some of the Twitter <laughs> chat. I, can, I, can, I know it's hot there. Uh, we, we were rivaling you in Knoxville about a week and a half ago, uh, but it's, it's, it's not bad now. But you probably have a little bit more humidity. I grew up or my mom grew up in Memphis or, you know, lives in Memphis. So I've spent some time in Memphis and uh, the South and humidity is nothing to joke about. Yeah. I haven't like, I have, I'd love to figure out a way to quantify it in like a human interpretable way. Right. Like to just 
like and like what's the what's the trade-off right like a humid 90 is like an unhumid 98 i don't know i don't know to me is. the easiest way is like you can take a shower and when you step out of the shower even after you dry you still feel you, you need it yeah you need another shower need another no shower. it's <laughs> so so i've lived in st louis so i've I li or not lived in st louis i've lived somewhere around st louis but i've been there a lot um it gets humid there uh, not compared to Houston. I've also lived in Houston, oh, Houston and Houston's disgusting. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll give a real quick um, anecdote. So, I spent one summer in a <clears throat> excuse me one summer in northern uh, Minnesota, and it was great. wasn't humid. I think the hottest it got there was like seventy five. The lowest it got in like June was like fifty. It was, it was incredible. Um, Came back to Houston, got off the plane, obviously on the on the uh, the, the deplaning thing into uh, the terminal. All that's uh, air sealed, so you don't feel the humidity. As I was about twenty yards from the actual door to get outside of Intercontinental <laughs> Airport, and it just boom, like I could have gotten a knife and just been like, "Okay, I got dinner. I got dinner." It's disgusting. All of the windows were just wet, like somebody had washed them. Nope, humidity and then you walk outside and it's just oppressive and you're like it's midnight and it's 80 degrees and i'm sweating and i'm waiting for a cab what in the hell's going on yeah no, awful terrible knoxville is technically a temperate rainforest is like the ecological classification there yeah because yeah. they're smoky mountains is like we were saying earlier yeah. but no houston uh the perfect temperature in houston is 72 degrees which is a bit chilly to me that's jacket weather but in houston it's 72 degrees because it's humid and you can stay still and you're not going to be cold, but you're not going to sweat. If you start moving around, you start sweating. It, Houston's awful. Just don't, just don't go to Houston. That's the it's, it sounds like it's awful. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, terrible. Yeah, don't do yeah, it. In the West Texas, like where I'm from, 110 degree, 112 degree weather over there. But it's dry. It's yeah, dry. It's, all dry it's heat. fine. But it's like, also humid too. It gets humid there too. Like I've walked. I've walked in Phoenix, just downtown yeah, walking around, and it was like 115 degrees. That's what it said on a bank thermometer. And I was like, okay, maybe I should drink a little bit of water, but this it's not bad. I'm, I'm not out of breath. It's not it's not oppressive heat or anything. This is fine. And then you realize, oh crap, yeah, it, it's really hot. I need to drink more water. But no, Houston, Houston, it gets like 85, and you're like, I'm dying. What is this? No, this is not humane. This is disgusting. Why do people live here? Anyway. Completely right, so sidetracked. Let's, you know, I love the weather talk, but to set the table, um, <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh is currently first place uh, in the Atlantic with 43 points. They've got a record of 13, 4, and 6. Uh, they played 24 matches, so I think they've played the most matches in the league so far. Uh, coming to San Antonio, who is at 30 points, 8, 6, and 5. Uh, as we discussed, the Riverhounds are coming off of a – 1-0 win over uh, the New York Red Bulls, which um, I watched the game. There were some opportunities early. Um, you know, I think Forbes had, you know, he, he went to the went to the goal line instead of staying back or he would have had a just, you know, just something, you know, tap in. Um, and then they did score off of a corner. I forget uh, which, uh, which center back scored. Um, but for the Red Bulls, it was probably a pretty good match for them because they didn't give up three, four, five, six goals. Um, for the Riverhounds, uh, you know, listening to you guys, it was, you know, uh, or the feedback on, on the post-match coverage, uh, I think it was a little bit disappointing. Uh, San Antonio is coming off of a Wednesday match as well. A 3-2 win um, over 
the Real Monarchs here at Toyota Field. Uh, you know, was, I, th I thought it was a pretty convincing win. Um, you know, I didn't, in my opinion, I didn't think, you know, the, uh, the Real Monarchs were a threat, um, especially when they got that second goal to, to tie it up. But uh, uh, we'll start with you, Kevin, since you're the guest. Your, your thoughts on the Red Bulls midweek game and, and how that, how that uh, sets them up for uh, uh, tomorrow night's game here in San Antonio. Yeah, I mean, the the Hounds are coming off of, yeah, I mean, we talked a bit about it before coming on air, but yeah, the, the Hounds and a lot of other teams are coming off through a lot of midweek games. Um, earlier in the season, uh, I think I said this was one of the best rounds teams I've watched in the past five years. Um, this team this year is more attacking than what I think stereotypically you would think of with Bob Lilly. Um, and they're doing it in ways that, isn't just lumping it up to a big, you know, target center forward. Um, there's a lot of just nice interplay and, and passing, you know, passing patterns. And Cicerone has been incredible. Dixon biz has been incredible. But that has, for me, that's tailed off in the past three weeks or so. And, uh, and yeah, the play just hasn't been, the, the quality hasn't been up to where we, we saw it early in the season. So we're still getting a few results in the Red Bull, the Red Bull games. Um, I mean, Red Bulls, they're at, you know, at the bottom of our division, we've beaten them every time we've played them. And, uh, you know, we needed, we needed a core, you know, we needed to score off of a, a set piece in a corner from, from our uh, center back to do it. So, yeah, I mean, we look, we look tired. We look sluggish. Um, I don't expect that to be a good recipe coming into San Antonio. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I, th I think this is this the San Antonio game for Pittsburgh is going to kind of cap off the end of a long stretch for them, where our play has been a little, little sluggish. And to be honest, I'm I'm kind of hoping and expecting that whatever happens in the San Antonio game, at least for Pittsburgh, that that uh, with with a midweek break after that, then then kind of quality of play will pick up after that. Uh, Rafa, your thoughts on the San Antonio match, and then uh, Royce, if you'll follow up. Yeah, the game uh, like we played the JV team on <laughs> that Wednesday night with some of the players from the Monarchs. Said we really, sh you know, we dominated the game, but we should have put at least four or five on them, and then just to keep them around. You know, we got a little scared when they they, they scored that equalizer, but luckily we pulled away. But you know, giving up that goal right towards the end is not that's not a good way to finish. Yeah, that own goal is not a way to finish a game. So. But like I said, it was like a trap game. Luckily, we got the three points, and and now the focus is on on Saturday. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Um, it seemed like a trap game. It was one of those. Yeah, this is going to be an easy loss. Um, but we got the three points. That's what's important. We dominated that match. We really did. Um, and even the commentators. I know y'all didn't listen. I, I took the liberty of listening to the commentators talk and analyze things. Uh, the professionals. And um, Hankinson was saying uh, that, uh, you know, you got to finish your chances because they had mm -hmm. a bunch of chances that just went wanting. Um, and they were just up one and, you know, one one little bounce. And um, their, uh, their midfielder, their number eight, got the ball, just kind of juked out Cam um, and put it in that bottom left corner away from uh, Cardoni, um, which, speaking of, that was Matt Cardoni's 100th appearance for the club. So congratulations to the second Centurion. Um, 
Absolutely. Um, Fear the Beard, um, second centurion in uh, SAFC history, so it's pretty cool. Um, but beside the point, we dominated the, we dominated the match. Uh, we got the two other goals that we needed, um, which are pretty lovely goals, actually, uh, which Courtney Ford, obviously, that's a huge story. Mm-hmm. Um, his second game back, um, Kevin, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Courtney Ford. Yeah. He uh, so he's on loan with us from uh, Colorado Rapids. He um, he has been hurt for two years. He's had two straight knee surgeries, knee procedures, and he's coming off of those. He had not scored a goal since 2017. He's a center back, um, so he's with us. His contract with Colorado ends at the end of the year, so this is kind of his trial to see if he can still play. And second game in, he's scored a dang goal. So that was amazing to watch and knowing his story was, it was inspiring. Uh, but anyway, Epps gets the third and yeah, that last own goal, Just a bad uh, luck. it's bad luck. It's good defending, but bad luck, a bad bounce. But I will say that in past seasons that would have tied the game or that would yes. have lost us a match in this season. No, um, we are beyond that quality and it, it's exciting to see that now this season, it's, it's a consolation goal for the other side, which in the past, not that. So hopefully that is a really big clue to uh, how the future is going to go. To me, you can't do a Pittsburgh uh, preview without talking about, uh, in my opinion, one of the ben legends Roethlisberg. of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the Steelers, but I at least know him. Uh, <laughs> one of the legends of the game and, and Coach Lilly, who's uh, – you know, I went through Wikipedia and the, the number of games he's coached with um, the Riverhounds. So this is an approximate. I'm, you know, I'm not sure if it includes playoffs, but from 1997 to present, uh, he has coached 471 USL games that, uh, according to those two sites, record of 259, 124, and 86. And in my opinion, he's a, a true, real, you know, true legend of the game, especially for lower leagues. Kevin, what's it been like to have him as a manager and, and just kind of what's his style of, of having, you know, to me, you know, one of the top managers of the game, you know, coach, you know, coaching the Riverhounds. I mean, he's been a revelation. I mean, we, we started the podcast about two or three years before uh, Lily came in. And uh, yeah, I mean, the team was the team and the club were in an entirely different place. Uh and I think the, the kind of key ingredient that we've we've had the the luck to interview both him and the um, and the club owner uh, a few times, and like the key ingredient for, for the Hounds and for a lot of other clubs is in order to progress, you need to succeed on the field, and we just weren't doing that. And before Lily, you know, we'd be like, oh, if we can just make the playoffs, it'd be amazing. <laughs> um, let alone have a home playoff game. Like that was the, that was the big thing, right? Like, and, right. and at, at, at that point, it was you know, can we draw an MLS team in, in the cup and like have something big or something? So but, they were St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so, but, but Lily came in and yeah, I mean, ever since he's been here, what, I mean, it, he, he's never missed the playoffs in the USL and that, you know, that trend continues with us. Um, and it's, it's every year, it seems like we have a conversation at some point in the season of, has the USL passed the by? Like, is this the time in every year? It's yeah. I mean, spoiler alert. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we, I mean, we, I, I think all, all Riverhounds fans will argue, but in the past few years, we, we've underperformed in the playoffs. I think we've had hot regular seasons and then have capitulated a bit or gotten unlucky draws against like Louisville who go on to win the league or something. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so as a fan, I mean, yeah, I don't want to see Lily leave ever. And, and to be honest, maybe this is the last thing I'll, I'll say and I'll, I'll stop rambling a bit, but I think in, in the, alongside the whole, you know, conversation that happens among Riverhound fans and, and non-Riverhound fans of, you know, has the league passed Lily by, I think partnered with that is this, idea that he's just pure defensive he puts 10 guys behind the ball super organized super structured in the past in the past seasons absolutely i I would argue our best our best players were our center backs you know we were getting golden gloves not because the goalkeepers were that great just because we were letting two shots on target a Mm -hmm. game and our center backs were incredible that's that's not been the case this season um i would say if anything the kind of weak point of our team if you want to call it that is is our defense we don't have i would say like leadership along the back line and you know we're scoring a hell of a lot more goals than than we have in the past but we're letting up a lot more goals too so i think it's been it's been really fun to see this evolution i didn't know lily had in him um <laughs> the season to a more kind of I don't want to progressive isn't the right word because that makes it seem like a defensive, you know, tactic is, is, isn't progressive, but, um, but yeah, we're, we're scoring goals. It's a bit more aggressive and uh, yeah, that, that, and just that, you know, you'll get some good shots of Lily on the sideline, just yelling for 90 minutes. And that's always been entertaining <laughs> as well. Uh, he, he won't sit down. He won't shut up and uh, he'll just, he'll just keep talking. So it's been fun. So Rafa, my question to you, because you're the coach uh, of it here, how how impressive is it that you know uh, he's been able to been a winning coach since 1997? You know, no, no matter the level that you're in, to be able to sustain the success of that long, you know, for the mentality of a coach, how, how impressive is that? I mean, I mean, the win. Look at the wins he has. You know, he's he must be doing he's doing something right. You know. And he's bringing out the best out of the players as far as whatever, whatever you know the system he runs, and it. And I'm sure he's probably making some. He's probably made some changes with the system now that they're scoring more goals, but I guess he brings out the best out of the players and and puts them in the right places. So you know, I guess kudos to him. You know, it, I mean, he's. And I'm surprised that he's not an MLS coach. You know, <laughs> he. You know, he. I think he deserves to be. <laughs> <coach. laughs> <laughs> or you know. But you know those, but those are good quality coaches that that you want to have, and because they're going to really develop your players and, and bring the best out of them. So, like I said, you know, Pittsburgh's lucky to have them. So you know, remember when we had our coaching vacancy? I'm surprised we didn't try to steal them or bring them down here, here to, to say. He's very loyal, though. That's that's yeah. the one thing that I can see here. He fits the Pittsburgh uh, coaching coaching tree, you know. Uh, you know, at least with the Steelers, I think the Pirates unfortunately break that cycle a little bit more than, than what they should. But he's like uh, the Chuck Knox, yeah. <laughs> Bill Cowher, you know, was it, yeah. uh, Mike Tomlin. Um, Royce, any thoughts on uh, Coach Lilly? Yeah, I mean, he's won a USL championship as recently as 2015. That's only six years ago. So, I mean, still relevant, still good. Um, his game still plays. It's he's not Mourinho. In the point that Jose Mourinho is still defense number one and the game has passed him by, it's very obvious. Uh, I guess Roma didn't get that 
uh, note. <laughs> but um, he is he's very demanding, but he's just one of those legendary coaches that he's – I've always seen him as kind of the, the defensive Bob Bradley. Uh, Bob Bradley's always had a lot of um, offensive innovations, um, and Lily's always had defensive innovations. And for some reason – well, I know what the reason is. Goals equals money, according to MLS. That's why he never really got a huge shot with MLS. But you know, Bob Lilly's been successful. He's the damn American soccer legend. And we could all learn a lot from him. Um, you were alluding to SAFC possibly interviewing him. I wouldn't doubt that. But he's, like you said, he's loyal. The only reason he left the Rochester Rhinos is not a team anymore because they folded. So. Oh, and what a terrible rebrand. I'm sorry. Uh, it's not even the Rhinos. Like, hey, what's the best way Rochester, to rebrand the Rochester Rhinos? Uh, let's, uh, not, let's not – let's take out the Rhinos. Like, that was your whole identity. Way to go. It's like the yeah, New York they got Cosmos. Jamie Vardy, so, you know, it's all good. <laughs> they're, they're a global global brand now. But, my know. favorite, my favorite Jamie Vardy, Jamie Vardy story is uh, his wife's tweet about um, uh, Rooney's – wasn't it Rooney's wife? Was, are y'all familiar with that one? I vaguely remember this. Yeah. So it was a few years ago when there was um, there was some stalker or something that was just talking all sorts of mad trash. And it was like an anonymous Twitter account uh, or uh, Instagram account that was talking all sorts of trash about uh, the Vardys. And I'm pretty sure I have that right, that it was uh, Rebecca Vardy that uh, really Yeah, it's... It was her. I know it was her. Yeah, and right. The Rooney's was. was yeah, Rooney's it, was, it was. Yeah, so it was this anonymous account talking mad crap about the Vardies and posting all this ugly stuff on her Instagram. And so she hired a PI to go find, you know, the find the IP address that was posting it, and it led her to uh, Wayne Rooney's wife that was posting that stuff the entire time. So, and that's pretty much why they're no longer on the uh, England national team. That also they're older now, but yeah, like two years ago. It was their last contribution. Now there's a lot of infighting, which apparently the English team is known for a lot of infighting. See John Terry. So yeah, yeah. if you're familiar with that story. So, so anyway, we're talking about the English national team, and we went for Bob <laughs> Lilly. So what that? That's uh. Yeah, so you didn't see the game. And the hungry friends were throwing the beers, and they were drinking uh, them on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it was racist Hungarian fans, and they were like, "I'm gonna drink your tears." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I saw somebody say because uh, Declan Rice is he's Irish, but he decided he also English, and he decided to take the English um, uh, national team gig. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what they're saying. They're like, "Well, this is what happens when you get the Irish to play for the English." Like, oh, come on, <laughs> ridiculous! But good on them for uh, fighting through it and for being above racism because everybody is because that is uh, there's no room for that crap. So good times. So Royce, we'll start with you. Um, or actually, my final thought on Coach Lilly is, I think the most impressive thing that for me is he's never had the top talent in 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 the league. You know, the oh, highest yeah. payroll, and he's still able to turn out playoffs after playoffs after playoffs. Which turns to us, Royce, uh, your thoughts on San Antonio FC and how they're going to face up against. Um, the Riverhounds this week because to me they look like a mirror image of each other. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At least in formation wise, yeah, they're they both implement a three four three, like yeah, and at least recently. And you know for sure that Bob Lilly's is three four three is gonna drop back into a five four one, like that's just kind of 
duh, that's Lily Ball. That's kind of what he does. Um, but they concede possession. They do not want to be in possession of the ball. They counterattack. That's what they're known for. That's that's honestly what SAFC has been known for. Um, but SAFC has really taken the initiative to press to press a lot. And so they're going to be in uh, possession a lot in this match. And I, my specific prediction in this is that they, SAFC, this will be the first match this season that they will surpass 60% possession. And that's not a reflection on any sort of rating of um, the Riverhounds. That's just how Riverhounds want to play. They don't want to be in possession. They want to catch you in possession to counter and, and to go score. So, um everybody's going to have a man. It's going to be a 3-4-3. It'll be interesting to see where the overloads come from. Um, and it's it's going to be a tight match for sure. Rafa? Yeah, it's going to be – this is going to be a chess match. I mean, I mean, you got a real experienced coach that has – I don't know, both of them have championships. But like I said, you're going to you're gonna have to give the coach the extra lily, you know, because he's mastered it this formation and also like I said he's really brought out the best side of the players so we'll see what Marcina can come up with to kind of see if he can outwit him and get and get that win on Saturday so it, it's it's going to be a great game because you got a, a, a legendary coach with a promising coach that's that's up and coming and what, what, what a great matchup to have and both of them uh, uh, are very vocal. We'll, we'll just we'll just leave for, it for sure. I, I was I was going to say real quick um, to finish off the, the 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 Lily subject is I am more looking forward to watching Bob Lily on the sidelines than I was for Elena Donovan being on the sidelines or Eric Ronaldo when he was supposed to come on the sidelines or even did, uh, Didier Drogba when he was supposed to be on the sidelines. Bob Lily just. He's a legend, different man. level. Yeah. He, yeah. he won't let you down. He'll, uh, he'll be loud. <laughs> he'll be present. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be the fourth official this match. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> that, and honestly, like, I, we always joke, like, I just don't want to be the right back, like, when you're on that side of the field. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's just always telling you, like, you know, you're the closest to him, and he, you're always getting an earful. So, Kevin, your thoughts uh, on how you, you foresee uh, the Riverhounds attacking San Antonio FC? Yeah, no, I, I'd echo a lot of what's already been said. I mean, to kind of drive home the point. I mean, I don't, I'll don't. i caveat this by saying there has been a few games and a few scenarios, especially at home, where the Hounds will try to take initiative and, and have a lot more possession. But um, the kind of the, – the point to drive that home, we, we played Hartford a few, a few games ago. Um, Hartford get a red card in the 35th minute, down to 10 men for the majority of the game. And I think we still end up with like 52 possession, uh, 52 percent possession. So, um, yeah, I mean, in that on top of being away game, the travel, the heat, <laughs> the end of all that, I don't expect uh, us to have or, or have the plan to try to control the game. Um, that that probably won't be the case. So, uh, yeah, and, but it, it also goes. I mean, our, our quicker players on attack have been playing a lot of games. They have a lot of games in their legs. Um, so I think the balance is going to be, at least for the hounds trying to my, my worry, my worry with this game is I think we don't win unless we score two goals. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't see us getting a shutout against you guys. Um, so we're going to have to attack. We're going to have to counter. 
and uh, but we're also gonna have to be as strong as possible. So yeah, I mean, low possession, counter when we can, and and hopefully lean on Cicerone staying on fire um, over the past few games. I will say for San Antonio, they leak goals. Um, they've only got two shutouts all year, uh, maybe three. Uh, but yeah, they 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 allow they they will allow a goal most games. Uh, we'll say that. But generally, they only they only allow one. Um, and even last uh, the game on Wednesday, you know, like I said here, you know, there's a foul right at the death, you know, right outside the box. And, and you know, kudos to the Monarchs for uh, putting it in place, and, and they got the own goal. But um, I, I think there's going to be goals in this game uh, for me personally. Um, I think it's going to take two to three goals to win. Um, for I think it's going to be a little bit more open because of the pressing. Do the Riverhounds press as well, or do they just kind of set back? They'll try, and and you'll hear Lily yelling at them to get up the field. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, they, when when we do it effectively, we'll, we'll try to press. And I think that's that's the other other kind of thing that I think the reason why we've been struggling struggling a little bit defensively is because I think we put a lot of pressure and responsibility on our center backs because a lot of the time they have to press up high and they get caught in one on one situations where they have to defend thirty yards from their net. Um, this isn't like, you know, we're just that we're sitting them on the 18 and having two defensive midfielders sitting in front of them. Um, so, yeah, I, I, we will try to press it a bit higher. Usually, like I said, in this game, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if things buck the trend a little bit as far as our tactics are concerned for this. Um, and we sit a bit a bit deeper. But um, over the course of the season, yeah, we, we try to we try to press high and with, with Cicerone and Forbes, particularly in one. Royce, any other thoughts that you have on the Pittsburgh match? Uh, it's going to be exciting. Um, obviously, um, Pittsburgh played this past Wednesday as well as us. Uh, I believe they played Saturday as well. So we're kind of both going into it equally um, and kind of a fatigue factor, although Pittsburgh does have to fly down here. So that's a little bit added. Um, and you say that the center backs have a lot of um, – pressing duties on their shoulder and obviously I know from experience being tall and flying they really don't help you out as far as recovery goes so that could be something interesting to see if um, see if Nathan or Jose or even Epps uh, burns a couple of their center backs so that'll be something interesting to look for I will say, I mean, like, I've, I haven't, I haven't watched any full-length uh, San Antonio games, but I caught some of the highlights before coming on the show, and I, I mean, I, I'm impressed by your attacking options. I mean, they look talented. They're not just, you know, heading balls in off of crosses or, or something like that. I, I was, I've been pretty impressed. Uh, we're not Stoke City, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is how we're not Stoke City. We had 16 corners last match and didn't convert a single one. Yeah. We had 12 in the first half. <laughs> and to, to be fair, our tallest center backs are hurt. So we have yeah, Alex Schubert is 6'7", and he's typically the guy that we're trying to find. Um, and then we have Liam Doyle, who's 6'5", also trying to find him. Um, and then that's, that's it for the come tall here, guys, right? Come here, come here, just a brick shit house. I don't know. Like, that I'm dude's just a good Morella, too. I think he's about 6'2", six, 6'3". Yeah, they're they're, they're like my height. I'm six one, but then I mean, on your card, it's always taller. Uh, on a baseball card, I'm sure I'd be six four for no reason. So that's fair. 
I would uh, also can I can I ask a quick question? Yeah, you can, yeah. I was going to get ready to ask you if you had some questions for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I am genuinely curious about like, I mean, the travel alone. I, I mean, I can speculate about how that that could negatively impact uh, the performance of the hounds, but for the heat, like legitimately, like I don't know, is does Colorado like show up at your guys' place and and look a little sluggish, or like how often does that play a factor? Do you do you guys think so? Considering that all of the matches here play as the sun is setting and everything starts at 7.30, it doesn't, it doesn't really come in that. I will say, not this last match, but the match before, it did affect, but that's because of how humid it was. Uh, it had just rained. We had a driving rain uh, sweep through the stadium and the area around, um, and the game got delayed actually 45 minutes, but it was just humid. It was humid. as It was 80, 85 degrees still. It was just humid. It was oppressively humid. And so, yeah, it was affecting everybody. Now, when uh, – so tomorrow we're not expecting any rain. So it should just be more dry, probably around a 50% humidity, so not that bad. And most of the heat's gone. Really, the heat is going to affect when you're training. Um, but as far as, you know, I, I've never understood the, oh, if you wear black jerseys, it's going to be worse for you. It's like, no, they play at night. It's not going to be worse <laughs> for anybody whether you wear white or black. But it's just – it's hot, but at the same time, they start at 7.30. The sun's already pretty much down. It's not going to be a factor. And generally, there's a light breeze, which helps. If there's no breeze, yeah. then it gets a little stuffy. Um, yeah. But if there if there's a light breeze, now, of course, I'm not out running around. Don't get me wrong. Um, Fair. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's going to be warmer. Um, I don't think it really affects Colorado a whole lot because they play in – Colorado's kind of unique. It it's got that dry heat where temperature wise, it's not that much different on most days compared. You know, it's about a ten degree uh, on average difference. Where I think coming from Pittsburgh, the Northeast, it's a little bit cooler. You know, from my understanding, coming up there. But you know, with the weird weather that we've had right now, um, I'm not sure if you guys, you know, if up in Pittsburgh, if they've had a warm summer or if it's been a mild summer. So to me, that'll be a huge, huge difference. But yeah, night as long as there's a breeze, I don't, I, I, I don't. It's not like going to Phoenix. It, yeah, you know, where it's still 110. You know, at kickoff, yeah. I, I will say that um, uh, definitely going to Colorado or going to Salt Lake City, the altitude, uh, you are more affected by the altitude than you would yeah, ever be okay. affected by the heat down here in Texas. So, well, yeah, we finally got our first win in Colorado. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we finally got our first win. This yeah, year. first win ever in six seasons of San Antonio FC soccer. We finally got our first win in Colorado. So, jeez. Other yeah. Oh, sorry. Other questions that you have, Kevin? Uh, I know we've been kind of SAFC focused towards uh, Pittsburgh, but uh, any questions you have coming from your side? I mean, maybe just generally, how, how are you guys feeling about the Mountain Division um, and your chances about, you know, not I guess not just making the playoffs, but I mean, how, how strong do you feel like the division is? How, how strong do you feel like the Western Conference is? And, and, and how do you feel about your chances uh, in the postseason? Uh, so I'll, I'll take it first. Harry, I'll let you go second. Uh, just real quick, just uh, what's on my mind real fast. Um, I think so last year, our division was kind of seen as the weakest division. And when we came out of it and we weren't all that successful, people were like, oh, yeah, I guess they were overrated. 
now I can say guarantee we are the strongest division in the entire league. Uh, El Paso is a damn juggernaut. Uh, they're really good. Um, and luckily we get to play them a lot. So we find out their weaknesses in this past game where we have slowly learned how to play them properly. We had a game plan in the first game. It didn't work out. We tried the same thing in the second game and we got slaughtered because they're expecting it. And the third game, we did something different and we're starting to figure that out. Uh, so that's good. That's something that other teams won't get the, um, because El Paso is the, the, best team on paper and in record wise, um, in the league. So, uh, and then Colorado is really good. Um, I don't know if you've, um, been following Colorado, but they do have the golden boot leader by like five or six goals. Um, Haji Berry. Yeah. Haji Berry has been, he's been a revelation this season. I knew that was a good signing whenever they signed him in the off season. And it's just, it is worth his weight in gold right now for that club. Um, and they even played a, a Louisville, um, and they looked dominant against Louisville. Louisville did not put up anything, and they're the number two team in the division by, like, 10 points. So, um, yeah, I think the Mountain is the best, um, even though we don't really see any mountains down here. I do think that we're going to finish in second place in the Mountain division, and we'll see uh, We'll see what the Pacific has. Um, West, Pacific, whatever they're – the Pacific is Phoenix. Yeah. Um, so that's who we're going to end up playing probably in the playoffs. So. San Diego is a mystery because they, they're bringing in, like they did last year, bringing in some some talent. We'll have to see if Landon the, can. They're panicking. Yeah, they're panicking and they're if, bringing if, in as much if talent Landon as they can. If Landon can uh, uh, coach them through. To me, you know, because uh, I track the cross-divisional results. Um so the Atlantic versus the Mountain is one win, um, five losses, and two draws. Um, you guys lost to the, the Bold when the Bold had a roster um, and Pittsburgh 1-0. Um, the only win, surprisingly, is Loudoun United beating New Mexico in New Mexico, uh, which of, of all things uh, for that year. But to at me, the I lab. At the lab. Um you know, but to, to be fair, New Mexico has been super inconsistent. Um, even at home, they were they were very good against us. Um, so just also a peek behind the curtain. I don't think it's something you deal with a lot over there in the East. There are two teams with soccer fields, um, and or not. I'm sorry, stupid. Two teams with baseball fields, and they play soccer on baseball fields. Uh, it's very difficult because it's all obviously it's a lot more narrow, um, and half the pitch sucks and those teams know how to play on it, um, which makes them um, uh, obviously very good at home. Um, so it's kind of surprising whenever they don't get a result at home because especially for an out, out of conference uh, team, um, it's it's surprising whenever they don't get a, a result at home because they do have that advantage for sure. Yeah, in the Atlantic, there are no baseball stadiums, right? Because Miami, think so. Loudoun, uh, yeah. Tam Tampa's is technically a baseball stadium. Yeah, but it's converted. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's fully Hartford's, converted. It's uh, a high school stadium, I think, right? Um, yeah, but it looks good. <laughs> Pittsburgh's is professional. Charleston's is professional. Red Bulls uh, is the Red Bulls, and Charlotte's is is nice, but nobody goes yeah. and sees it. Um, yeah, I think in the East, it's only Tulsa. Um, yep. Used to have it with Memphis, Louisville, but yeah, Tulsa, Memphis, yeah. And the Louisville energy, has their own really nice stadium. There. The but energy yeah. play at a high school stadium, a true high school yeah. stadium at Taft Stadium. It's a great place to visit, but uh, 
uh, yeah, that's it's through there. But yeah, it's to me, uh, you know, from you know, from listening to like the national people, um, yeah, it's between, in my opinion, as far as the depth of the conference or depth of the divisions, it's between the Atlantic and and the Mountain. To me, what hurts the Atlantic is Loudon and the Red Bulls. Um, I just, you know, loud, loud and no offense is the worst team. Um, and we lost the, to them. So, you know, yes. We, uh, <laughs> and, and hey, go so loud. Yeah, going for you. Go loud and please the RGV this week. Uh, that, that'll be a lot Unreal. of fun for us. Um, although we got to be careful because we do make the trip to New York uh, next week, right? Or two, yeah, next yeah. week. I think we go play. Uh, that's that's one thing I want to. That's one thing I want to bring up real quick, just in, in our future schedule. So this is a, going to be a big game for us because after this match, we play Austin in Austin on, two, on, on, Tuesday. on Tuesday. And then Saturday, we play uh, Real Monarchs in Salt Lake City. That Wednesday, we play New York Red Bulls 2 on Wednesday. And then we play Sacramento Republic on the other side of the country on Saturday. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's our, that's like our, yeah, so that's going to be a really rough stretch for us, so we're definitely going to be, we've won three in a row, we're definitely going to be looking for four, uh, hopefully five, and then the other three games we're going to be like, yeah, draws are fine, this is going to be rough, so. Can I ask one more question? You can ask as many as you want, yes sir. All right, cool. Um, Let's say I'm Bob Lilly, and I'm giving a pre-match talk to our, you know, Danny Griffin, our midfielder, who's been there, and he likes to crunch into challenges. And I'm, if, if there's one player on San Antonio that I'm, that I'm telling Griffin, like, you need to go in and, like, you know, hard challenge, like, take him out. Like, PC. What, what, PC. Who's, who's, PC. Who? PC. PC. Victor yeah. Hiro, uh, his nickname is PC. He used to play for uh, the uh, – what's Vancouver's? Whitecaps. There we go. He used to play for MLS Whitecaps. But his nickname is PC because he looks apparently like Pablo – Pablo Carlos or Pablo Campos, some other dude. No, not but his like name. Pablo Campos. No, not not not. No, no. His he got PC from a Brazilian dude. Oh, okay. Name either Pablo Carlos or Pablo Campos. I can't think of the actual dude's name, but that's where the nickname comes from. PC, but his name is Victor Hiro. But he's our captain. He's our six, and he is the most probably the most aggressive guy on our on our team now. Um, and he, he will, yellow cards. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the one to pick up a yellow for sure. I actually, well, he's the one that would most likely foul the the Riverhounds. If I'm the Riverhounds, stay away from. Do him. you go after Jose or do you go after Nathan? Yeah, no, no, you definitely go after Jose. Yeah, no, you can take Jose out of the game, and if you take him out of the game, then it's going to be tough for the offense. Now, I will bit. say this: if any player hard fouls Jose, oh, they're going to get an elbow. Uh, it's going to be ugly. Yeah, no. <laughs> So Jose, Jose Gallegos, you don't know a lot about San Antonio. Jose Gallegos went to high school here in San Antonio. Um, mm. High school he went to, yeah, the high school he went to won the state championship for four years in a row. Uh, and then the year after he left, uh, they got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. So he is really good. He trained this past offseason with uh, Bayern Munich and FC Barcelona in Europe. So, um, well, he was, on, yeah, he, he, he was on trial. Yeah. This is last year. He's going somewhere in Europe. Um, probably not one of those clubs, but he's definitely going somewhere big. Um, but he's, uh, he's incredible. Um, just a natural dribbler. He will dribble through anybody, anywhere. He'll nutmeg anybody anywhere. And 
and he'll score anywhere, anytime he wants. I'm, I'm um, excited to watch him. Yeah. Be, so he's <laughs> real good. Um, and then, yeah, you said Nathan. Nathan does have a red card for a little bit of a retaliation. Well, I, no, but I think he was talking but, about who to kind of take out with because they do yeah. going, going through the stats. They do have one player. Uh, hold on, let's see here. That tends to uh, collect yellows. Uh, well, I mean, their 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 team colors are yellow. Oh, Rivera. Yeah, he just he just he, yeah, he's, he's one uh, yellow card away from sitting from a match. So oh, wow. he's got seven. So if, he's got if, seven. He, if, if he plays in this game, I wouldn't be surprised. If he, and, and it's honest, it's it's not like he's not he's not dirty. He doesn't he's, do it on purpose. He's just a, he's just late tackles. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has a lot of energy. Yeah. He's like a he's like a puppy, <laughs> and he just wants to go around. He's over enthusiastic. Just, he didn't yeah. mean to bite or scratch. Him, you know? <laughs> exactly. Nice. Yeah, we had a there, – there's a guy that's on loan from our team, um, M.O. Cuello, and he got a red card that ended up being kind of a disastrous because we were in control of that match. And we got a red. We went down to 10 men, and um, the other RGV actually are a better rival. They got a super late draw in the stoppage time because, uh, because of that red card. Um, but his red card came because he was – and that was kind of his story of his season. He was always a step or a half step too slow um and he had plenty of opportunities to score he was just just one step slow and in this tackle he was going in to steal a ball and instead of getting the front leg with the soccer ball he went cleats up on the back leg and straight red and i was like yeah i mean you can't argue that but don't make that tackle like you if you're gonna time that time it and i'm sure it's kind of the same thing as as that guy not to digress too much but i don't remember if if any of you guys remember uh Romeo Parks. Parks, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it's infamous, and we still can't believe that New Mexico United signed him. And I still, but he's been good since then. Uh, to be honest, it, I don't care, dude. He, <laughs> that's a bot. That's a, not a Bobby Boucher. A Happy Gilmore, take off your skate and try to stab a guy in the eyes. Like that's criminal. Go to jail for that. That's assault, dude. Robert just said, "Wait for Patino, Red Car Machine, and we are one of the tops in cars." Yeah, but Patino's, but Patino's Patino, great. Yeah. Was a smart, or smart move because he made the other guy from Colorado take a swing at him. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, so our our striker, um, well, he's been hurt since since June. Uh, he had a stress fracture in one of his legs, but um, yeah, and one of the games that we played in Colorado, uh, he took a swing at a dude um, and he got a red. But the other guy, for some reason, decided to take a swing back, and they got matching reds. So. Uh, but he he's still the leader in yellow cards for the team. He is, even though he hasn't played since June. So that would probably be the he's guy. He's a to hell get. of a player, though. He's I'll, I'll, fantastic. He's a, he's an incredible goal scorer. First game of the season, hat trick. He's um, got a lot of energy, as they say. But yeah, it's similar. He's got a lot of energy. He's very uh, very jacked up for games. But unfortunately, he's been hurt. We I think we'd been we'd be in a different place. We'd probably be second, maybe first, if he doesn't get hurt. But we have, like I said, uh, we have averaged five guys injured on our injured list every single match this season, which is just incredibly stupid. But here we are. So, Kevin, I got one more Riverhound question here for you. Uh, Tampa is up 2-0 on Oakland at this point. You guys have uh, nine matches or eight matches after this one here. But to me, the biggest match will be on October 10th. It's a Sunday 3 o'clock game at Highmark. Tampa Bay comes in. 
Um, right now, Tampa has the uh, tiebreaker advantage due to goal difference between the two. It's 1-1-1. One, one, one. So, and, and I know this is a month away, uh, but you know, for you know, for the Riverhound fans, uh, how big will that game be? Uh, you know, assuming current form continues for both teams and you guys jockey back and forth, uh, how big? How big will be? You know, will that set? To me, will that decide the Atlantic? I guess is, is the question. I hope. Um... Miami is the other team that's hot on our heels, and we the have two games. Yeah, I mean, we, we have two games sandwiched right in between this Tampa game against Miami. Um, so if if Tampa is a deciding game on October 10th, then I'm happy. Um, and honestly, I think, you know, I, I share the opinion of Josh, one of the other guys I podcast with, and and he, he's been saying, you know, the most important thing is we have a home playoff game. And, you know, if that means second, that means second. Um, Tampa started the season incredibly well. Ooh, like Tampa does. Yeah. yeah. And and right when they went through their stretch of of not picking up results, we went on like a six-game win, uh, win streak and, and just kind of shot up the table and, and started to match them. But, no, I mean, I think, I think Tampa would have to really take their foot off the gas for us to uh, overtake them for first. Uh, so yeah, I mean it, it could be a huge game, but honestly, I in a in a weird way, I almost think the two Miami games around it's going to be bigger for us bigger. Um, to to ensure our, our second second place. And then you know, great if first is is up for it, you know, um, the Hounds will push every game and, and we'll see what happens. But uh, but yeah, Tampa Tampa's been good, and, and to their credit, they've picked back up uh, after after a bit of a sluggish start in the in the not start sluggish kind of middle part of the season. So. Yeah, no, I mean, they're the best team in, in our division, and and that game will be huge, especially it'll be home for us at, at Highmark Stadium in Pittsburgh. And, uh, yeah, crowd will be up for it. It'll be it'll be a great game. As far as quality, I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, as far as importance and points, it'll be the Miami games. And I will say this, and I don't think it's really known about USL uh, levels here. The only the rankings like where you finish one through four only matter the first week. After that, it goes by your total yeah. point score. So you know, even if you finish second, if Louisville, who is also losing tonight to Tulsa, um, finishes below, um, you know, b- below Pittsburgh, even if they finish second, the Riverhounds could end up hosting that second match, assuming you know, you know, depending on where they fall in the brackets there, if, if uh, Louisville City is able to do so. Being able to get as many points as you can, even if you don't finish first, will be playing a huge part coming down the stretch uh, for all teams uh, that, that are you know have playoff desires uh, for that here. So I didn't know that. No, that's that's good. That's good information. Yeah. So uh, the only home, yeah, it's it doesn't because I checked it, it's at the bottom of the, of the standings uh, page there that uh, uh, for the season structure. Um, you know, division uh, it says division winners will be paired with the division runner up in the round of 16 with home field being uh, uh, home advantage being determined by record for the uh, remainder of the bracket. So after that is it's most points uh, you host. So even if you finish second in the Atlantic, you technically could host if, if you know, two, if one and two win on that side of the bracket, you could, yeah. you know, Pittsburgh could end up hosting. So, yeah. That's something to keep in mind as we get down down the stretch. So, final thoughts. Uh, we'll start with you, Kevin, and then we'll go uh, Rafa Royce. Um, I mean, I'm really looking forward to this game. Uh, I think 
the the way the season's panned out, especially last season with being kind of a closed division structure, not a lot of games, playing Hartford what felt like four times. <laughs> um, you know, to, to be able to 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 get out west and and play you guys, it's it's really exciting. I'm really looking forward to to uh, to watching it, especially yeah, because we 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 had Austin in at Highmark in Pittsburgh, which was great. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's what a, a lot of this is about is just seeing new teams and 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 seeing different places. So no, I think I think it'll be a good game. I'll be happy with a draw. I'll tell you that right now. And uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, uh, for sure. When the schedule came out, I earmarked um, this match as one that I was definitely going to this season, one hundred percent. And like I said, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll be an interesting game um, to see. It'll be cool to see Bob Lilly in action, and um, we'll see. Uh, I remember uh, Forbes. Here's a here's a fun USL turn. Uh, Forbes was the player for whenever they couldn't play soccer last season and instead they were doing the rocket league thing uh all the usl teams and forbes was the the river hounds uh representative so he didn't do too well if I no, 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 not, not at all i i know our kid um ended up um going to the final and losing in the final but um, yeah, Forbes. Uh, yeah, yeah but was, he wasn't a player either. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's correct. Yeah, no, we had a literal kid uh, that, <laughs> that had had some some time under his belt. But it was it was cool to see either way that he would step up as a representative for the club, even though he's not you know playing an actual game and you know play that. So that, that was cool to see. Um, but um, as far as final thoughts go, it's the same thing, man. Get vaccinated. Wear a mask, social distance. Somehow we're still not past this. Um, the new, the 666, that's not ironic at all. New Texas laws that just came out. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um, it, it, it's embarrassing. That's it. That's it. It's Sorry embarrassing. Say, my friend. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's, it's dumb. Um, it, uh, I, I can't wait to vote in November because it's embarrassing and it makes my it makes my state look really bad. So I'm just going to let it pass there. Um, health and happiness encourage everyone. Rough. Uh, my final thought, like I said, I'm looking forward to this game. Like I said, playing an Easter Conference team, it's always fun. Uh, it was a fun game when we played Birmingham. You know, that was a real anticipated mm -hmm. game. And we got, you know, we haven't lost to an Eastern Conference team yet. So. <laughs> knock on wood, Rafa, knock on wood. So hopefully we can keep the trend because, like I said, Birmingham came in also you know, one of the strongest teams. I think they were at the time. They're still the, a strong team. They are still, still a strong team. team. Yeah. I think they were top in the division. So I'm, I'm looking forward for this game. And, you know, this is a good measuring stick for our team to mm -hmm. see, you know, how do we compete with the with the teams in the top teams in the East and we can get the win. It's a big, even more of a confidence booster for us, especially since we knocked off. El Paso, just keeping on that momentum. It's gain our team confidence going into this, this real tough stretch going with the Monarchs and then out to the Red Bulls and also to Sacramento. So looking forward to that. It should be fun. I'm sure there'll be some Pittsburgh fans there. They're at, at the Toyota Field, you know, you know, welcome welcome to San Antonio and just looking forward to it. And like I said, like Roy said, wear your mask, get that shot, and like I said, we'll get to back to normal a lot sooner. 
So my final thought is, since we've already addressed the COVID is uh, September is uh, National Suicide Prevention Month um, for that here. So um, every year, um, you know, life, you know, the you know, Suicide uh, Prevention Lifeline and other organizations try to raise awareness for suicide prevention. I know Phoenix Rising is doing something this year. So kudos to Phoenix Rising for doing it. Um, but if you ever need you know anybody to talk to as i mentioned you know all three of us you know, more than happy to listen listen and and, and just listen because that's the important thing is, is to be able to be there and listen to somebody but if you need to talk to somebody please uh give the the, net, the suicide prevention lifeline a little call at 1-800-273-8255 um also you can go suicidepreventionlifeline.org um just you know it, you know like I said here just uh I know it's something that I've been hyping all year, and, and like I said here, it's just it's an important message. Um, I know uh, uh, what was it? There was an episode on 1868 Weekly, uh, you know, RIP, uh, that did an episode. I want to say it was with a player, um, and I think if you if you ch if you follow my timeline, I reached out to Brad uh, Pie in the Sky, who uh, was on that show, to see if they could uh, uh, refresh that uh, episode. Um, because, you know, it was a player, a player coach, I forget what it was, but, uh, you know, the, you know, their struggles and how they came out and, and helped and got help and, and the support that they need. So um, do want to thank you, Kevin and Mongols, uh, you know, for coming on. I've been following you guys for, for years and, and finally awesome to uh, have you on the show where we get to you know, go face to face. Uh, our teams do here, but uh, thank you for coming on. Um, thank you for everybody for tuning in. Thank you to Rob for the comments uh, in, in the chat here. And uh, what's life without goals? We're out. See you.